My name is John Machado, and this is the Gunpowder Plot Show, also known as the Late Night Nuggets. Wait, what? Also known as the Guy Fox Podcast. <laughs> I had a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> My sister-in-law. Yeah. A brownie, and um, I think it's kicking in. <laughs> this is a creeper. It's a creeper brownie. And it's fitting because this is my R late night nuggets episode. So um, we're joined by Bentley Craig. God, this is going to be a rough one. I I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> oh, this is going to be annoying. Um, so we talked prior to this, Bentley. How are you doing, by the way? Oh, I'm great. Good. Muy bueno. Muy, muy bueno. We talked earlier about what um, issue we'd be discussing. Do you remember? Uh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. And for anybody who's listened to me for however long, um, you may have heard me talk about this fella. And... Um, you know, I've noticed that with a lot of these these uh, these bigger guys, you just got to wait. You just got to wait until they fuck up. You just got to give them the slack, give them a little bit of extra rope, and let them hang themselves. And buddy, did he ever. He went on a podcast that you said you had already listened to a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. It was, uh, what's the name of that? Trigonometry. Yeah, trigonometry. Yeah. I never heard of that before. And I never was much of a, any kind of Sam Harris. I just knew he was a name, and that was all I had for him. Until today, when you said we'd be talking about him. So I looked him up and was like, okay. Then I listened to that whole podcast that he was on in that little bit. That was on. Yeah. And I do not like that guy. Yeah, I have not liked this fella for quite some time. He um, he is. I didn't like him so much that I actually put him. Uh, I, I shouldn't say put him. I created a character that has uh, characteristics of this turd burglar um for anybody reading the book well i'll let you i'll let you find out who that is i don't know if i've introduced him yet I'm 12 chapters in it's it's coming it's getting close um he plays a relatively large part but uh i'm trying to see what the so he they asked him about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm on New York Post, and man, they have got so many ads that just keep popping up. The famous part that I'm sure that what is what you heard, the um, part that went viral, and he said, quote, At that point, Hunter Biden literally could have the corpses of children in his basement, and I would not have cared. That's the point. That's the, the big um viral um i don't know five second clip that went around 
right. everyone. And it was funny because, you know, I'm on Twitter and whatever, Facebook, I guess. Uh, and I just started seeing, you know, people saying that Sam Harris sucked and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, yeah. And then I, I went, oh, shit, something happened. Sure enough, checked into it. And that was it. And, I mean, he went on to essentially say that he he knew that the hunter biden story during the campaign uh in 2020 was um how did they say it they said it's or he said something like um it was a left-wing conspiracy to um keep that out of the news which is exactly what he did or what um what happened with the mainstream media because that's when it was an October yep. surprise when the or when the uh, Hunter Biden laptop uh, story came out, and the left knew it was real. Now we all know that it's real, and um, because they knew that if people would have knew about that damn laptop, that uh, it probably would have been a hell of a lot harder for them to have cheated. Um, I don't know if he talked about that at all, but Sam Harris's point of view is um it was all warranted um the the and he called for the censorship of trump on twitter and on facebook and everywhere else the cancellation if you will and um and he said it was all warranted and he basically knew that uh biden wasn't a good candidate and but he was okay with them basically doing these things in order to keep trump out and he it's He's just got the worst case, eh, maybe not worst case, but one of the worst cases of Trump derangement syndrome um, amongst people who are have have the status that he has for sure. And um, and now it, it, <laughs> during the uh, the podcast, the interview with these two guys from trigonometry. Um, you could just, it, it was just a fall from grace. And like I said, sometimes you just got to sit back and wait. I mean, um, it kind of happened to, uh, ah, shit. What's the, what's the, oh, uh, Peterson, um, Jordan Peterson. It happened to him to a degree. I know that he went through some, uh, uh, kind of a drug addiction to whatever pain pills or, or, um, prescription pills that they were giving him. He went through that, and I guess that was terrible. And I know that, you know, he uh, he wanted Brett um, Kavanaugh to step down when that shit happened with him. And so that kind of caused his fall from grace. Uh, oh, shit. Who else? Somebody recently. I had it in my head earlier. Somebody. Else. Oh, Sam Cedar had a fall from grace when he debated destiny over the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Um, and it's just nice to see. You know, these are people that I've been talking shit about. And these these are the best that the left has to offer. Sam Harris, Sam Cedar, which is a bit of a coinkydink. Both of them are atheist Jewish people. Um, I've talked about uh, those who or I've talked about the scripture where it says those who say that they are Satan. I'm sorry. Say that they are Satan. Say that they are Jewish and are not Jewish, but rather are a synagogue of Satan. Um, do I think that either one of them worship at the altar of Satan? No, not really. Uh, especially with how 
anti-religious Sam uh, Sam Harris is, but uh, simply <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't believe him uh, worshiping anybody but self. Yeah, and it's just it's mind-boggling. If you listen to that whole podcast, and I did. Yeah, dude, it is. There's a few good. things. Would yeah, you like to hear a few other things. Please do. <laughs> All right, and this is my take on what he said, okay, with uh, woke and Christians. Woke is just a uh, more pure version of Christian, such as, and then he goes on to, like, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, but he's, like, literally, like, the they believe the poor, whoever the poor people are, the ones without, because, because they're going to get whatever the billionaires have to offer now. You know what I'm saying? So I thought, okay, well, for a guy who is atheist, you sure compare yourself to Christians an awful lot. Yeah, well, he's obsessed. I mean, it's it really seemed like he was obsessed with trying to rid, I would argue, his own mind of faith in in a higher power um i i it it tends to kind of be with a lot of these major um debaters like him and hitchens and uh uh dawkins and um oh and that is his uh one of his influences is yeah well he was a part of the horseman i mean i looked into oh i got his uh you know, I listened to a few other things. I listened to him on Jordan Peterson. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was getting a little annoyed in a comical kind of way that you hadn't gotten reached out sooner. Because I was like sitting there waiting for this podcast, <laughs> hoping you would. Uh, and I got it all in. I got to like, you know, where they let him go and then they were wrapping it up. But uh, and then you hit me up and I was just like, wow. <laughs> I was like, come on, man, hit me up. I know. I've had a I have had a full day today, man. Holy shit. Um, but no, he uh yeah, I mean for the longest time he's he debated uh let's see, like you said, Jordan Peterson. They had a they had a debate that seemingly this is just what I've heard. I haven't actually listened to the full thing, but that it never got off the ground because they got stuck on um, you know, the I guess the definition of truth or whatever. Uh, he's debated Dinesh D'Souza. He's debated uh, Dr. William Lane Craig, which is really, I think, the the most famous one that he had. I, I saw um, that, and I was, I didn't want to go there. I wanted to get some other places first. Yeah, well, where the you go ahead and let us know where you want to go, buddy. We'll go no, ahead. with uh, the William Lane Craig, I saw where he had done that, and I was like, ooh, yeah, you know, because I know yeah. William Craig is, uh, you know. That's right up. That's his wheelhouse. Debate him. There you go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I and you know I'm biased, but I will. Uh, in as much as I can be unbiased, I think uh, Dr. William Lane Craig, Craig just absolutely sniped him. He got him on that one for sure. I mean, I'd love to see, and he wouldn't dare step in the ring with uh, what's his um, Dr. Dino. Um, oh, um, Hoven. Dr. Ken Hogan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, no, probably not. He probably doesn't see him as like on his level or whatever, but uh, Kent, Dr. Kent Hoven and Dr. Moon, like Craig, I think are, are on the same level 
Uh, I think they they both possess just an absolute um, incredible amount of knowledge when it comes to that. I mean, I wouldn't be able to debate either one of those guys. They're oh, just, no, that's their wheelhouse. I mean, yeah. I've watched um, <laughs> Kenneth Hovind do that so many times that, you know, I know what he's going to say. I'll, you know, it's just he's got yeah. his – he knows what they're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing that they're going to throw at him that he hasn't had a hundred times before. And, and with William Craig, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both of them have debated. Like, so they had this group called the Ford Horsemen and seemingly uh, Sam Harris really likes to get into these things. Cause oh, yeah. he's, he's the new atheist. He's the four horsemen right. of the new atheist. Right. So that was the group was the four horsemen. And that was Sam Harris, uh, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens. Who is that fourth one? I can see him. He's like a, he looks like a professor. Um, but what I always thought was funny was that Lawrence Krauss was never invited into it. And he was trying to debate all the Christians that he could and, and get on the same level. And he was Daniel a Daniel Dennett? Was that Daniel Dennett, yes. Yep, that was one of them. Um, and then when... Sam Harris came across Ben Shapiro. Um, they actually became friends. And Ben Shapiro seemingly was like, I don't know, had respect for him, I guess, you know, to a man that has said some pretty nasty things about uh, Christians, which, you know, fine. You be, your, be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. But they, those two, along with Jordan Peterson, I can never remember the other person or a couple of people that were in it, but they developed a group that they called the intellectual dark web, um, which was kind of around the time that the woke shit started really popping off and, and things like that. And they didn't want the two sides to come together on anything. So they, I don't know, they, I guess they thought that that was like a, uh, you know, respectable high status group to be a part of, but uh, he likes to be a part of groups, which kind of telling when it comes to um you know his stand his, especially his uh political stances and economic stances and things like that because he um it's it, it kind of a goofy thing that you'll see a lot not all but a lot of um atheists especially of his caliber that will end up turning very leftist and and uh and liber liberal leftist um and Obviously, with what with that interview that he just gave today, uh, or yesterday, yesterday was it? Um, it shows just how far um, he's gone. You know, I really never knew if he if he would. I mean, I knew that he could be refuted certainly, but I never thought that he would become that. And there's a lot of people like the comment section of the trigonometry um, channel where they put up the video as well as like anybody else that's commented on it really um there's a guy named anomaly he's out in cali he's a christian rapper he's a good dude um i saw it on i saw him cover it uh sean from actual justice warrior on youtube he covered it dave smith um the libertarian chimed in on twitter and uh pointed out you know he's actually happy that Sam Harris said it because he said the, the quiet part out loud, you know, they're saying what they believe in. Uh, now you get to see them for what they are, which is despicable, 
you know? Um, and I felt, I felt pretty good about it in the sense that I've said before, if Trump were to have done X, Y, and Z that were, you know, obviously bad, then I wouldn't support that. I wouldn't sit there and go, oh, no, that's okay. You know, you can do that. And, and as long as we win, it's like, no, no, no. You hold yourself to a much higher standard than that to allow for, um, you know, the, the democracy part of our government that we practice uh, that the left is, is so overwhelmingly in favor of, but you're going to let it be undermined, you know, just so that you can get your way. Um, yeah. It should, they don't <clears throat> he made it seem like they would have voted for a turd instead of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then look at what we got. This this is what happens when you do that, is that you get a senile, um, Alzheimer, dementia patient um, in, a, in a, and he did get to pick a lot of the people in his cabinet. So his administration who don't understand how to run anything. And um, now you see where we're at. All they do, all they do is they project and they deflect. Um, everything wrong that they've done that's that's led to where we are and they blame trump and they blame the republicans for it and it's like dude you guys have been in control of all of this you could have fixed it from the get-go but you were the ones that made the problem is the is, is the situation yeah and he preaches rationality mm. yeah he's a total hypocrite total hypocrite uh, yeah, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth, as they say, like his answers. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think I've only seen I've only seen like half of that uh, that episode too that he was on. I think I watched half of it, and then uh, I don't know something else happened. Oh, I think it was last night, and I fell asleep watching. Uh, oh shit! Something something in the high desert. Murder in the high desert. It's it's, it's on Amazon. This is the second try, time I've tried watching that damn thing, and I get about a half half hour in, and I pass out. Um, I'm going to try again tonight. We'll see. I don't know. This brownie might knock my ass out. <laughs> 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 but um, hold. I'm going to let my dog out. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll go over a little bit more about Sam Harrison and uh, and his um his stance. So this isn't actually the first time that he has um, gotten something so terribly. And it, it, he didn't get anything terribly wrong with this. It's just that he was that despicable, that he was um, all the more willing to allow for this to happen. But and, and maybe you can say that in this next part that I'm about to talk about. He, at one point, got up. I don't know if it was like at a TED Talk or whatever it was, but he had gotten up in front of this small audience um, not that I'm trying to insult him with that. It's just where he was. Um, and he told that group of people, there's a video out there. I think you can find it on YouTube. Um, he said, Jesus said to bring his, uh, how did he say it? To bring his adversaries. Now I'm going to have to, uh, not verbatim. What's the opposite of verbatim? Shit. <laughs> Summary, yeah, but it's another word, yeah, um, right? I was trying to think of it earlier and I was like, I'll summarize it then. I'm I, that's yeah. close enough. He, um, 
Jesus said to bring his adversaries in front of him and to behead them. And I was like, and he said that this was in scripture. It was in, you know, one of the four canonical books. And I was like, what is that? And so I looked through and I go, oh shit, no kidding. It was the parable of the king, the, the, whoever it was, noble or whatnot, that went away to gain kingship. And when he went away, he gave a pound. I think he gave five pounds and then what was it? Two pounds and then one pounds to his servants that while he was away, they were to go and, you know, do with them something to make more. And so the one with five went off and made five more. And then the one with four went off, and made four more. And the one with one went, dug a hole, and put it in a napkin and then buried it. So when this guy came back with the kingship, now on his way out to get the kingship, somebody had sent an uh, embassy to him uh, to say that we didn't want him as our king. So that becomes important later on in Sam Harris's dumbass mind. So when the king came back, um, the first guy that made five extra, um, he said, okay, well, since you were uh, honest and, and uh, or good with the, this small task, I will put you in charge of uh, five cities or 10 cities, I think it was. Um, the next one that came up, he said, okay, well, since you were, um, you did well with this small task, you'll be in charge of four cities. And then the one who dug the hole and put it in a napkin and put it away came up and said, you know, I know that you are a um, demanding man and you reap what you do not sow. You pick up what you did not put down or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I hid this because I was afraid of you. And he said, you wicked servant, um, take away what he has and give it to the man who has 10. Um, because he was, he said, uh, you should have put it in the bank so that I could get interest and um, get my money when I come back. And then after this, this important part to this parable uh, that Jesus was telling, he said, the king said, bring those people to me that didn't want me to be their king and behead them in front of me. This was all a story. It was a parable to get people to understand things a certain way. Yeah. Right. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, dude. But instead, Sam Harris took that as Jesus was telling his servants to bring in, I don't know, they think it was the Jews, to bring them in and behead them in front of them. He, or he claimed that that's what Jesus said. And it was like, you don't know anything about what it is that we believe. That is such a simple, simple story. And, and it's a parable. It means that it never happened. It was just a story to be told so that people could understand um, another idea better. Well. And Sam Harris couldn't couldn't wrap his big big brained intellect around that well he wraps around it by thinking oh if i believe the lie it's not a lie yeah i mean if you listen to him talk enough if you believe the lie you know then it's okay yeah oh he yeah he's all for the propaganda um but i think he's certainly one of those people that um as long as, as long as they get the power, and, and I mean, you kind of see this in the in the uh, in the interview. As long as they get the power, no matter what they do, it's okay. And you tend to get that with people who don't have a higher power to answer to. You know, it's not all atheists, but atheists of his stature, yeah, for sure, for sure. That seemingly is what they do. And, and, and like you were saying, and like I've been saying about this interview as much as I've watched, 
it just really seems like he is he is the epitome of relativism where nothing is absolute there are no absolutes to these people even though that's a self-contradiction everything can change at any given moment you never really know who you are which you know i get that part but you know you can mold yourself to any situation it's you know it's it's almost like these fucking people that think they're gender fluid you know they can be a man one second and a woman the next um it's kind of his stance when it comes to to you know things that he come, comes across he uh he got real famous because he was on uh, joe rogan's podcast he became friends with joe rogan and um said some stuff that sounded pretty smart and then now you see this and it's like man you it's a fall from grace because you just took everything that you had ever said that people thought was profound. And in this hour, hour and a half long podcast, you destroyed it all because now we see, go ahead. Do you really believe that? Because the people who listen to him, which is not me, they are on the same page as him. So it's totally okay for him to have said what he said. There is no shame in it to that echo chamber that he's in well that's the incredible thing is that usually and especially now and how i've seen things and kind of what what um how my mind has changed a bit in terms of like being darth maul pills right um i would have (laughs) i would have thought that you were right and i'm sure to an extent you certainly are i'm sure there's still fans of his that are like oh no you know he meant this or he meant that no shithead he meant exactly what he said because he even tried to come out later on Twitter and, and say, oh, no, you know, I was meaning this. But it was the same thing. It was like, okay. Yeah. See, yeah. that's him talking out of both sides of his mouth. What was incredible was the comments of the people. Now, maybe they didn't believe in him or they didn't. They they were lying. But I, don't, I saw a lot of replies of people that were like, yeah, I really respected him. But now that he said this it's changed my point of view. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs to see that this man who was once a great man in their eyes, um, has now allowed for Trump derangement syndrome to, to take whole, whole hold of this man and absolutely cause him to lose his fucking mind. Yeah. Well, starting it all off with, you know, the babies in the basement. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it didn't necessarily start off that way, but it was he, you could tell he wanted to talk about that. He wanted to say these things. He wanted to get this off his chest um, because he kept bringing up Trump. You know, what's funny? I, it, and I even looked on Infowars cause I was, I didn't listen to Alex today. So maybe he did talk about it, but from the clips that I saw from Alex and Infowars, they didn't talk about this. Nobody's talking about this. He was going after Alex Jones almost as hard as he was going after trump oh yeah we said they're the same thing they said said they're the same thing and and went on to say some incorrect shit about the whole sandy hook situation and i think even he said oh yeah alex um only recanted on the stand it's like he wrote down uh he said and i was like what um the the parents that sued him and he didn't say how many, but uh, had to have move ten times. Times I heard that too. Yeah, I'm like, I what? I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I feel like I might have heard that somewhere, and that's more than likely. I would assume 
uh, a um, wives' tale and said it's a tall tale. But uh, yeah, no, Alex, Alex, the whole reason why they went after him and sued him was because he apologized. Like, I, I guess a lot of people weren't paying attention at that time. Um, I certainly was. He did. They did not go after him to sue him until he apologized. That's why you don't ever apologize to these people. They see it as a, as a weakness, and that's when they strike. And um, who was it? I was listening. Was it Tim Pool? It was somebody um, I was listening to today that said um, threw a little bit more fire on the the fact that Alex's lawyers were so bad that they're the ones that fucked him up in the beginning with the the whole discovery debacle. Um, now I don't know how true that is. Um, it could have been the lawyers, especially being that they did what they did with his text messages and shit. Um, but you know, it could have also been a combination of that and the, the judge who, um, if you saw that judge on Twitter, she had blue hair at one point. She's absolutely a fan. She's a Democrat. She's a hardcore Democrat, a Hillary Clinton, anti-Trump pro Hillary Clinton, anti-Trump Democrat. And I, knowing how these people act now, and especially with Sam Harris and that evidence of how he is, I would not put it past that judge to have, have altered some things so that Alex uh, lost what he did because that should have been thrown out. I mean, I mean, I've said it, you know, and you could say, well, you're biased. It's like, yeah, but I'm not just looking at it from Alex's standpoint. I'm looking at it as they went out for the First Amendment. That affects every last one of us. So if they can do it to him, high-profile person like him, it sets precedent and it comes after us. So they can do it to us. They can do it to me. But I'm not going to apologize to fucking kick rocks because that shit ain't happening. But it might be First Amendment. And it, if Alex was saying things that were untrue over and over and over, there's no reason why he shouldn't be sued. And on that note, because I remember saying I heard him saying Mm -hmm. that crap way back when. And then so I went looking for it. And you'd think it'd be real easy to find him ranting back in the day about that. And I couldn't find it anywhere, to be honest with you. I was like, well, you know, what did I hear? What do I think I heard? Yeah, I mean, I remember him saying some stuff. And I've heard him since. Well, I never said that. And it's like, well, no, you did. You know, I know what he's doing. You know, he's trying to cover his trail. Well, they may have um, cleaned that up off the net because I did some looking. Might have. Um, and sure, you know, if somebody, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's just me being hypocritical, but, you know, to for the mainstream media to go after um, Nick Sandman and um, Kyle Rittenhouse, at, at the same time, it's, yeah, but you guys live by that. You should die by that, too, you know even though I want to stick up for the second amendment or I'm sorry, the first amendment. Um, but even then, I mean, before the Alex Jones trial, dude, it was terribly hard, terribly hard um, for people to sue for defamation because even in Alex Jones's case, what he oftentimes had was other people coming on his show to say, I have this evidence and I have this. Evidence. And it's, that's why I've always hated the fact that he recanted. Because I saw those same videos. I heard those same people giving their testimonials on his show and on other people's show about what oddities 
and went on at Sandy Hook. So my point being is that he had other people on saying these things, and he could always refer back to that and say, well, I had these experts on that did this. And it did happen in the court case, you know, where he got a chance to explain himself and say, well, yeah, I had these people on and they were telling me these things. And these were my sources. And that's how we operate as a media channel. We have sources that tell us things and we, you know, we tend to trust some people um, after so long, just like I do with Alex. And we go with what they say. And then when we, when we realize that, you know, that we may be wrong, then we have to come out and say that we were. And that's when it happened. He did. Now, given um, Megan Kelly had done that shit with him and then he was, she kind of pushed him on it. And that's when he apologized. And then all of a sudden they saw the chink in the armor and they went after him. Oh yeah. And, um, and that was, uh, yeah, they came, they came together. Was that, I think that was right when we talked about this. Was that right when he got canceled? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, he got canceled pretty early and they went like one night, everybody pulled the plug all at once. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, certainly a, a, and it was certainly a conspiracy, Sam Harris. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So, but anyway, he, so Sam Harris went off on him kept kept refer it was like he's got two people in his mind and that's all he wanted to talk about was Alex Jones and, and they they were a doppelganger of each other. One just got orange hair and the one doesn't. Yeah, what was funny was one of the one of the interviewers was even like, Well Alex Jones isn't I'm not even in the slightest I don't want to talk about Alex Jones, but that's why I'm saying then Sam Harris came back to go, Yeah, but I want to and it was like, okay. Um, well how about but, this? Didn't like like a few years ago, Alex Jones, for to save his ass, pretty much had to say he was an entertainer in another court thing. You know, he's like, yeah, Man, really, I'm entertaining, and they made him say it, kind of thing. Yeah, but it was, and I will always give people slack when they go into court and they're trying to not get hit with whatever the court's going to sling at them. Um, obviously, I'll give Alex Jones maybe more slack. Um, well, but, but that sets precedent. If he's just an entertainer, then he's not much different than Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but that's not what the that's not what it was about. It, what it what happened was it was his his lawyer who had said, um, and it was the case um, that his wife was trying to sue him, and, and I think get X amount of custody or whatever his ex wife, right. <clears throat> which he's always talked very well of. You know, um, and I get, you know, while he's a public figure, of course, he's probably going to do that. I wouldn't. I haven't. I don't talk well about my ex-wife. Um, but <laughs> he, um, his, no, his lawyer had said, because they had brought up, um, her her attorney had brought up um, a couple of skits. And one of them, I think, was the Joker. He had painted himself up. You know, Alex does that. He He dressed up as a frog one time and was jumping around the the studio one time um he did another <laughs> skit where he ripped his shirt off yes he, like he's a I love he ripped, at one point i'm with him yeah so it my point being is that he's he is a multifaceted um person in 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 his show you know i mean 
he's it's not an entertain he's not playing an entertainer when he's sitting there going over all of the news. Yeah, he's not an entertainer. I, I realize that he's like yeah. a newscaster to me. Right, but that's what his lawyer was trying to say, and 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 the left heard, oh yes, he's an entertainer, which he is. I would also say that I'm an entertainer. How many times have I tried making funny jokes on this? Right, when I call myself a comedian, no, I'm say that I'm just trying to entertain my my listeners. Yeah, while like David Lee Roth, baby. Yeah, greatest well, entertainer ever. <laughs> while also trying to talk about serious topics and then you know sad topics and all sorts of other shit. So it's not like what am I just some kind of drama queen on this? You know, it's like, but that's what his lawyer did. The left caught wind of it, and then they ran with it. Now, now you'll have idiots that don't know shit, and it's a talking point, and they'll bring that up, and you're like, "Good lord!" No, and I'm with him at this point. I mean, I yeah. took him serious, and uh, but you know, however you worded it, something came up. He got labeled as an entertainer, and then I'm at this point. I'm like, "Man, he's an entertainer." Now all of a sudden, you're telling me he's lying. <laughs> you know? Okay, the entertainers lie to do shit. So yeah, here's the here's the hypocritical thing of the well, you left. You can't have it both ways, right? You have John Stewart who came out, and this was the famous clip when he went on a crossfire. I think that was on was that on MSNBC or CNN, one of the two. And uh, a guy that we like, uh, Tucker Carlson, was on. That was his show, right? And uh, that was the one where John Stewart came on and called him a dick. And Carlson um, pushed him on a few, not like physically pushed him, but pressed him on a few topics. And um, ones that, you know, were pretty rough for Jon Stewart, who is a fucking psychopath now. And uh, Jon Stewart turned around to say, well, I'm just I'm just a comedian. I just tell jokes. And it's like, no, that's not quite what you do. Yes, you tell jokes and you say things in funny ways, but you also bring out serious subjects. And yeah, you're a commentator. Yeah, he was a commentator and analyst and also a comedian, you know. Um, and that's the thing about Jon Stewart as opposed to Sam Cedar. Sam Cedar claims to be a comedian because he he had a role on Sex and the City, which was a quote unquote comedy. It was never very funny, I thought. And John Stewart is a comedian. He's done stand up. Sam Cedar's never done stand up. The one thing that came out of uh, him ambushing Sam Cedar, ambushing uh, Stephen Crowder, was uh, Stephen Crowder called him out and said, "Yeah, you, you say you're a comedian, but you can't find any any stand up comedy anywhere." And it kind of put Sam Cedar back on his heels for a quick hot second. Um, but then, so. yeah. Well, then. Um, Steven Crowder bowed out, which he shouldn't have. He should have stayed in there and just said, all right, fucker. Came, you've been coming after me. Let's have at it. But he never did. And he could have, he could have, you know, um, he could have taken him down right then and there about a whole slew of shit. And, you know, now it was destiny that had to do it. But, um, yeah, so Sam Harris is facing a lot of backlash and deservedly so. Um, I'm very happy about it. Um, you know, it just, it shows you that, it, and that's not just a chink in the armor that shows you how absolutely biased and hypocritical and deceptive these people are that when you don't, when you don't have something 
that you're held accountable to, like a higher power. Um, not always, but exceptions don't break the rule. Um, you tend to rely on yourself or the government or maybe a combination of the two. And seemingly that's what uh, Sam, Sam uh, Harris has done, you know, and he's OK with it. You know, as we've said before, Democrats will do anything to win, even if that includes taking away your rights to do it. They will absolutely do that. They'll push that button. Yeah, they're proactive in getting their way. Yeah, because they've they've garnered so much power within the institutions. Um, they, did you have you checked out Andrew Tate at all? Uh, only minimally. You know, I see his name in the headlines, and I don't really see him talking his points or anything like that. It's just yeah. you know. Maybe, you know, this fight didn't happen or him and his brother did something. Well, he has recently been kicked off of Instagram and which is a, a big place for him as well as I think Facebook. I don't know if tw- he's been kicked off Twitter or YouTube yet, but yeah, he's been recently kicked off of those two. Um and he's really seemingly only been kicked off because of his ideas. And that's it. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen um, if he said something. It wouldn't shock me if he did, but he's recently. Well, it off. doesn't matter because according to Sam Harris, they own it and they don't have to have anybody they, do. they don't want on there. Yeah. I wonder what he would have to say about this, uh, this pride, pride pox. Sam why they even talk about that did they who's who oh sam harris i mean just no 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 i haven't heard sam harris talk about that no they did talk about it at the end they brought up covid but they didn't go anywhere near the word after the, the word was spoken well i would assume that sam harris would have been all for the lockdowns because that in part did hurt trump you know um and that was the Democrats on purpose using something that they knew damn well wasn't uh, that big of a, a problem and using that as an excuse to shut down the economy. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who later deleted the tweet, but she had um, tweeted about keeping everything locked down because if the economy comes back, that'll only help Trump. So she was all like I said, these people are all the more willing to allow for you to suffer so that they can get what they want. Um, my my epiphany on all of it kind of just boils down to their best ratings is when Trump is in the headline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny that they still do it. <laughs> you know, he's he's not been active president for a year, a little over a year and a half now. And um, and they still bring him up, man. And I gonna have to go out and do a raid on him just to put him in the headlines. Um, how's have you heard how that's going? <laughs> no. You'd think that if they found anything, um, you'd have heard about it, and if they had anything, they would have found it right away. Uh, they've looked through because they only took like I think they said twenty packages or twenty boxes or whatever. Oh, Eric Trump I heard them say they took fifteen is what I saw. All right, fifteen to twenty, somewhere in there. 
Um, I, I swear I thought I saw 20 somewhere. I'd seen 15 too. Uh, Aaron, no, they were looking for 15, took out 15. Now, I've heard a lot of uh, speculation on what went on and all that, but nothing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Eric Trump had said, um, let me see if I can find it, that he had video of um, the raid of FBI raid and that he was going to release it. Right. So far as you can open the page, why not? Oh, we got to go to Brave. I just downloaded this. So um, the search engine that I, I've been using on my phone for a couple weeks now, and it's really good. Uh, welcome to her. Um, but Brave, B-R-A-V-E. You can find it in the App Store. Um, I'm on, uh, what is this? Android. I assume that it's on iTunes. Um, I've got it on my MacBook. So I had to go to the website on Google in order to download it, though. I couldn't find it in the App Store on there. Excuse me. Maybe I had to do it that way on my phone too. Uh, what was it? Brave. And that's an B-R-A-V. app for. That's a, it's a search engine. Oh, okay. Instead of Go right. and instead of uh, Google, Eric Trump, FBI raid video. Let's see if I can find it here. Eric Trump says he will reveal the FBI raid surveillance tape. That was three days ago. It says FBI raid surveillance will be released at the right time. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. like BS to me. <clears throat> yeah, that's um that can you can take that two ways. One way is I don't know why they wouldn't have shown it. And I don't like that. If you've got something, show it right away. And now well, keep it's your mouth shut. Unless yeah, you're just fishing. Because what that does is it's the same thing as Chuck Schumer saying, Oh yeah, we've got I've got evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. Okay, give it to us. <laughs> why are you trying to keep us in suspense? Well, because he didn't have it is what it was. So I don't know. Well, I didn't trolling us. Yeah. I don't I, I thought I heard that all the videos were shut down before they went in. Um so I don't know why he would say this if he doesn't. Yeah, because have it. I would have took all that too. Be yeah, with okay. you if I was there, all that would have went with me. You don't leave. That would have been part of my search. I'd have come up with something. I want all their damn, all of it. I'd have Conor McGregor that shit. If you don't know, what I'm talking about Conor McGregor. Um, he had just lost a fight. I can't remember who to. I think it was either, either. Um, Nate Diaz or Khabib and uh, somebody had seen him at a club and went out and was like videotaping him and he attacked the guy and then he stomped on his phone and then he took the phone away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, dude, you don't sneak up on a fucking UFC fighter who just lost a fight. He might not be in the best mood, you know, <laughs> like you might kick your ass and take your phone because it's evidence. Right. Well, see, you and I would probably get that kind of feeling off of him but some people are just yeah. stupid yeah oh yeah for sure yeah i would have been like no i, ain't. I mean i might say hey man you know good fight or whatever maybe i'm gonna try to feel it out you know is he is he in a good mood is he looking to kick somebody's ass like me right now because because he just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like i'll pass 
Yeah. If I got a choice in that, I'm like, no. Yeah. I've, so, I've gone out and I've gotten vibes like that off of guys, but you know, yeah. I was just kind of like, I, I knew I, you know, I'd, some reason I've figured out I don't want to go start a fight yeah. with that guy. Yeah. Um, you heard about Conor McGregor? What happened to him? Right in his last fight, he broke his leg. Oh, you know what? I think I saw that. Yeah, he snapped his. Well, he was throwing a punch and his leg snapped, and it was because. And this is insane. He had like. He had kicked throughout the fight, and he already had an injure, injury going in. And so he just twisted the right way, and his fucking leg snapped. So he had to get this weird kind of surgery, I guess, where they put in a metal rod. And since he's been fucking working out. Now, this guy is worth $500 million. He made about $100 million in his fight against Floyd Mayweather. And then on top of that, all the millions he made at UFC. And on top of that, he had uh, he had proper twelve whiskey, which he sold for I think four hundred million dollars. That fucking dude has a half a billion dollars from fighting. Um, and yet while he's been off, he wants to come back and he wants to fight. He says he is massive, dude. When he was fighting, he was fighting I think at one forty five and then one fifty five, and that was pretty skinny for him because I think he walked around at about one maybe 160 something because it, I know it was hard for him to fight Nick, or Nate Diaz at 170. It was hard for him to get up there. So maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he walked around at 170, 180. Anyway, he looks well over 200, all muscle. This dude is fucking ripped. He is swolled the fuck up. I was watching one of his, uh, he keeps putting out, you know, a couple of uh, episodes every so, or um, videos every so often of him practicing pads or grappling or whatever. He's huge he looks like he's about to fucking rip somebody's head off in the next fight his legs how they look because his uh, legs when he did that they were you know tiny yeah Yeah. he's um no his he's he has increased his muscle mass throughout his body and i saw him um doing a now that he's healed up and everything from the surgery i saw him doing kicks on the bag and uh he looks good man he was hitting him hard too um yeah, so he looks. Uh, he looks oh, like I love the hate that guy. Yeah, I'm, he's not my favorite person in the world. You no, know, he's my. You know, he's an MMA Floyd Weather. You know, kind of guy Mayweather. Yeah. I just want to yeah. see when I see him. When I watched him, I just wanted to see somebody else knock him out, and <laughs> it just never happened. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dustin Poirier, kind of. Kind of, well, he got, I think he got a TKO on him. I don't think he ever really knocked him out, knocked him out. And he's tapped a few times. <clears throat> but the thing is, he's tapped against some of the best fighters in the fucking history of the UFC, which is to say the history of the fighting world. And um, he's no slouch. I mean, that's for sure. And I don't like, I, I don't like his, a lot of his attitude and a lot of the things that he's done for sure. But man, I, you have to respect his, his fighting. He I'll give got, it up to him for yeah. being Irish, man. Oh yeah. Well, it's not just Irish. I don't think he's a good representation of Ireland. I can tell you that much. Oh, that's that, my kind of favorite Irish dude. It's you know, just a brawling dude. Like here, deal well, with no, this. Yeah. You know, he's. <laughs> I think I've, in terms of like his his attitude and shit, I don't think he's a very good representation of Ireland. But you well, fucking, no, I guess not style? really. But you know, his fighting style, man. It's all it's that's that's Irish, man. He goes out there and he's got he's got skill. 
even when he changed his stance and, and everything um, and went up in weight because he was really liking that. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good representation of the Irish fighter. You know, he's fucking good, man. He reminds me of a fighter that nobody knows about. He was out in like Salt Lake City, but he was called a little ball of hate. And uh, and that that was his name. And uh, the only thing he was afraid of was the second round because he gave everything in the first round. And that's kind of how that Conor McGregor reminds me of the little ball of hate. Yeah. Well, he he usually wouldn't last. I mean, he's went five rounds with people. Yeah. Yeah. But he would get tired at about the halfway through the second or third. Um, and you're right. He would use a whole bunch of energy um, and, and just get gassed. And that's what a lot of people are wondering about because he's built up all this muscle. And when you have a lot of muscle on you, you're looking to finish a fight within the first round because it takes a lot of oxygen um, and energy to get that oxygen into your tissue. So when you're oh, out yeah. there spelling it, Big guys run out of gas usually pretty quick. I say that, and yet you have you know heavyweights that'll go five rounds. Like the last, I think it was the last light heavyweight and the last heavyweight fight. Um, they've went all five rounds. You know, so um, was it the last one? I think Ngannou is the heavyweight champion now. But I've seen um, Stipe Miocic, who is the heavyweight champion, who was the heavyweight champion. He's gone five rounds quite a few times. And these are big dudes. You're talking two above above 205 is light heavyweight. So it's got to be above 215, 220. Yeah, they're usually brutes. Yeah. And those guys can be, I mean, they can swing for forever. Kicks, you know, takedowns, wrestling. Wrestling is exhausting. Um, Sports Illustrated had a, um, you opened up a, uh, two sides of it, and they had George Foreman's one fist in it, and I could literally put both of my fists inside of his fist. I was like, "Good Jeez. lord!" Yeah, who's the one that? Um, what was a rumble in the jungle? Oh, that was George Foreman and Muhammad was Ali. I want to say so. Yeah. Yeah, then that was the one that, yeah, then George Foreman was the one that uh, was hitting on the bag. And, I mean, each each fucking hit, I mean, it was just bending the bag. In order to, you know how hard you have to hit? Not just hard, but, like, how much weight you have to have behind it to bend a fucking uh, uh, heavy bag? It is, it's hard. <laughs> I can tell you that, dude. And he was, like, just doing it every shot. It was just like, oh, my God, if I took that shot to the fucking ribs, it'd break half of them easy, you know? I'd be pissing blood the next day. How about this? I watched him on an interview sitting in a suit in a chair with, like, Charlie Rose or someone like that on a PBS channel. And it came up, that fight. And he said that... uh, Somehow he said that Muhammad Ali, his answer to a question, he said, Muhammad Ali is the bravest man alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, yeah, well, he beat you here. And he's like, yeah. He's like, Muhammad Ali's like you. He's just like you. Look like you. Sit like you. 
built like you, got hands like you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he got in the ring with me. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he's telling the truth. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's like, he got in the ring with me. <laughs> and he's like, and that's when he stuck his hand over by this, the interviewer's face. Yeah. And it was yeah, like as big as his head. head. And he's like, you got the same size head as you. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Oh, hell yeah. That's it. it, it he was, a, he's a massive man. I'm trying to look up this one real quick. But he also went on to say in that same interview, and I had a friend of mine with me, and he don't talk to me anymore because I'd love to verify this, but this is how I remember it. As he said that he got drugged that night, and that's the reason why he lost, and he gave an example of how it was. Now, I've seen a lot of George Floyd, and I've not seen this part in the that fight now since he said you mean that. George Foreman? <laughs> yeah, George Foreman. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh well he uh once he but Sam Harris was talking about George Floyd too. Yeah. And um he always stood up in the corner, right? He never drank yeah. any water. He always stood there. And he said he his coach or his trainer made him sit down and he made him drink water. <laughs> And then he's like, and then after that, I don't really remember anything. <laughs> that is what he said on no that kidding. same PBS interview. And he also talked about how dirty the that whole thing is in that fighting arena. You know, the uh, heavyweight thing, all the boxing, how dirty it really was. And at this point, he was Reverend George Foreman. On this you know, interview. That's what's so funny is that like back in the 90s, um, 80s and 90s, and, and I guess I may have to go back to the 70s because that was in what, 74? Um, it's like athletes really knew how to hold, like conduct themselves. You know, like actual, um, uh, not idols, um, role models. You know, for kids and shit. Because George Floyd, um, see, I just did it for George Foreman. George Foreman was always in a suit. He was always, you know, he was always very respectful for the most part. I mean, I I know they talked a little trash between him and Ali heading into that fight, but afterwards, and then he went on to make the George Foreman the the grill, you know, and and um, how many everybody? Um, he came out to fight Mike Tyson, and then Tyson went to jail. I think he went. He came back into it, and didn't he win? I think he won the championship. He won a championship. Oh yeah, he won a couple. WBA, he won a WBA. few before. I think I don't know if he retired or I don't. I don't recall. But yeah, he he came back and won at forty. Yeah, maybe forty-two. Yeah. I don't know. But I remember listening talk about that Tyson fight, and he said that him and his wife talked, and he's like, "Can I fight Mike Tyson?" And she's like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he was a bad man, dude. He was, he was tough. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was the rope dope. Him and um, him and and uh, Ali. Man, gee, yeah. imagine taking that. Like you said, I mean, to take that much beating of a beating. Yeah. What was it? Did it go ten rounds? I think. No, I think he got. Him? I don't know if it went all the way, 
but it would have been like a it's 12 or 15 right. round thing back then. Yeah, so I think it was 15, and it went to round 12. And then that's when Ali started turning it on. When he saw that George Foreman was um, <laughs> tired, and that's when he he uh, he came back and started. And, and now that I think it was within a round, he started he started fighting back. Yeah, he stood him up and beat on him. Yeah. Um, You're right. Uh, His second comeback was in 1987. 10 years away from the ring, Foreman surprised the boxing world by announcing a comeback at the age of 38, a year younger than I am now. In his autobiography, he wrote that his primary motive was to raise money to fund the youth center he had created, which had required much of the money he had earned in the initial phase of his career. Another stated ambition was to fight Mike Tyson. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and he had to earn it before he got there. They, he didn't just get to walk in and fight a champion anything. Yeah. He uh, he beat Schultz. He beat some guy. I can't remember. Uh, who was it? Out, Axel, Axel Schultz of Germany. Wait, no, he no, no. He fought Tony Tucker. No, he fought Tony Tucker. Yeah, demanded the foreman fight the number one challenger, who was Tony Tucker. Whatever. So he ended up winning. And he lost to Briggs, Shannon Briggs. No shit, I didn't know Shannon Briggs won the title. Shannon Briggs is a um, – he he was a character. He went after, uh, I think, Vladimir Klitschko. And Klitschko, and I mean, was like going into his, into his um, practices – at his gym or whatever and like starting shit with him all the time. And almost, they almost got into like a street fight. And then, uh, Klitschko beat the brakes off of Briggs, beat the holy hell out of him in the ring. Those guys were fun to watch those brothers. Oh yeah. God, they were good. And nobody gives them the credit. You know, there was what through the nineties, they were looking for a great white hope. You know, they just wanted a white guy to be able to get in there and, and compete um because the mexicans and the blacks were beating the shit out of everybody and um every so often you had like mickey ward that came in he was phenomenal um him and and uh Gotti is not andre Gotti. that's a black guy what was his name something Gotti. that if if you like boxing and you've never seen the trilogy between ward and Gotti, do yourself a favor and go watch that shit because it is it was incredible it, I'm getting like nostalgic feelings just remembering those fights. Um, Gotti, Gotti Ward was in, insane. It was a war every single fight. I think Gotti broke his hand on Ward's hip in the third fight and still won it. It was f- insane. Insane. But um, no, you're right. The, uh, the Klitschko's, they were, I guess you could say that they were the great white hope until Tyson came along. And the Klitschko brothers, dude. Oh, they just eradicated everybody. They came in just beating ass. I remember watching um, some some special back in like the 90s when they had moved to, to the United States. And um, I think it was an HBO special of some sort. And uh, they followed the brothers around and uh, they were just. They were like machine. They were they were both like the Russian, not quite like them, but the Russian from uh, Rocky Four. Yeah, but they were likable. Yeah, they, they were weren't like, Russian, Russian. They just were. Well, they were Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah. They weren't Russian, Russian. Right. Sorry, Ukrainian. 
for any Ukrainians out there. I don't listen. If I offended you with that, suck it. You got a word. Yeah, one of them's a, a politician right now, or was at the beginning. Was the mayor yeah, one of the cities? I think it's Vladimir. Yeah. Um, and both of them, I don't think Vitali Klitsch or uh, Vitali Lomachenko. Um, I don't think he went back to fight. I think he's staying boxing. But uh, yeah, both of those. I think both of the brothers went and um, joined the army in Ukraine to fight. One of them is married to uh, shit. Let me look it up. It's a, an American actress. She was in Heroes. Uh, go. Yeah, they were uh, kind of um, proper, you know, the way they acted. They weren't over the top yeah. by any means. No, they were both, and they were both really nice. Um, I think it was Vladimir, or maybe it was his brother that faced off against Shannon Briggs. But he was, um, he was always very nice to him. He wasn't like trying to be a jerk to him. And he kind of messed with him, and pulled his beard one time. And that's what almost caused the street fight. <laughs> Shannon got all ghetto on him and shit. He was like, Are "You kidding me?" Um, I think Vladimir, um, which is spelled with a W, but they pronounce your enunciate it, pronunciate it with a V. <laughs> right. Um, amateur career, early career. I want to see the career. It is so weird how this is, um, this is so different from, uh, when you look it up on your phone. But yeah, these uh, these brothers, man, they won a ton of championships, and they were both good. I don't yeah, think they they get in there to slug it out. Yeah, so it was uh, Fury beat Vladimir to win the uh, title, and then Klitschko, I guess, uh, or I'm sorry, Vladimir fought uh, Anthony Joshua, and I think he lost to him. Was that the Fury fight? Was that a big old black guy? No, Fury Tyson Fury's a great big old white guy. He's the one that took on um, the Bronze Bomber. Why can't I think of his name? He's from Alabama, American. Um, shit, I can't think of his name. But he he fought him three times, and he and uh, he was oh shit, the name keeps it's almost there. Tyson Fury. I watched one of those. I think the younger one, the second one, we'll call it, like yeah. some big black dude, and they beat each other. Just, you know, pound for pound, but just face punch after face punch, body punch, everything. Man, I was just like, good Lord. Yeah, that might have been uh, Anthony Joshua versus Klitschko. Vladimir. And that Klitschko looked like he had been just chewed up by a dog or something, too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Gypsy King, blah, blah, blah. I still want to find out who, uh, not Natasha, um, Wilder. Uh, shit. Still can't think of his first name. Why? Uh, Lennox Lewis, and blah, blah, blah. Vander Holyfield. Something Wilder. He's yeah, it's Vladimir and Patty. Patty Who? Klitschko. Oh. <laughs> uh, Fury vs. White. WWE, no. Uh, Fury vs. Wilder. 
Why did it go to the second? This is stupid. They never include the first name. What the hell? Anyway, um, yeah, so Fury fought um, Bronze Bomb or something wilder. I can't think of his dumb name. But he was a bit of a he, – he had the hardest punch um, in boxing. I think he's, he's, he has the, the hardest punch or something to that effect. And Fury had already won the championship when he beat Klitschko. And then um, he went to Vegas and he got depressed and he drank a whole bunch. and He ballooned up to like 300 pounds, close to maybe 400 pounds. Um, and he almost killed himself. And now he's, he's what's called the Gypsy King because his father fought in uh, King of the Travelers, which is a, an Irish and it, it, gypsy and, and um, shit. What's that? What's the country that I make fun of all the time? It's right next to England. I call it the uh, no, no. It's it's attached to England. It's part of the oh, UK. Scotland. Ireland. No, no. Damn it! I can't think of words tonight. But anyway, um, it's it's them. It's some Scottish and then Irish. But anyway, so Wales, Wales, Wales. Um, <laughs> I call them the uh, fuck. It's the city within Detroit. They're basically like that to England. But anyway, um, it's a whole bunch of these guys that just get together and they fucking bare knuckle box. And uh, King of the Travelers is whoever wins it every year. And uh, Fury's father or grandfather, father and grandfather, and other, you know, forefathers before him or whatever, uh, fought. And uh, many of them won, in, won the championship of King of the Travelers and whatnot. And, um, and that's where Fury gets the king of the the not king of the travelers but king uh the gypsy king and shit and uh, he was born um into this fighting royalty <clears throat> his dad named him after tyson um uh mike tyson cool. and um and then yeah and then he went on to uh win the championship beat klitschko he's undefeated still and then he went to um wilder i guess called him out or something to that effect and and uh, he's very religious, very Catholic, um, big fan of Fury. And uh, and then he got his life together and came back. And it was a, a underdog story because he was going against the, like I said, the the um, hardest box or hardest puncher in boxing. And um, I think it was the eleventh round. Fury caught him. Or I'm sorry, Wilder caught him, and he got knocked down. And it looked like he was knocked out and it looked like Wilder was going to win. And then all of a sudden Fury sat up like the undertaker from WWF. He just sat up and it was like, holy shit. He just took his best hit. And like like Ann Hesh. Yeah, oh my God. That's, I actually wanted to talk about that. We'll take a little side note from the boxing Ann Hesh. There's video. Um, TMZ has a lot of the video, but she had been prior to this. I thought she wasn't, she, um, like in a relationship with uh, who's that talk show person? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen De- yeah, wasn't well, she? That was like years ago. I thought they were still together. As far as I know, man, that was like ended. They were all, you know, flat cocking, <laughs> <laughs> little dicking it. Um, and uh, she... then uh, her movie. It was her and Harrison Ford done a movie back then together, Anne Hesh and Harrison Ooh. Ford. What was 
I, I don't even want to look that one up because it was so forgettable. But anyway, I thought they were over each other for 20 years. Shit, I thought they were like, quote unquote, married and all that other shit. But um, she had a boyfriend. But yeah, she had a boyfriend. And the boyfriend said that she was totally, there was nothing wrong with her. She crashed her car, what, two days ago? Something like that? Or yesterday? Or, I think it was two days ago. Oh, it was a while ago now. A week was, or so oh, ago. So the video just came out two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess the boyfriend said, yeah, because this was on, it was on the 25th anniversary, the same day, 25th anniversary of Princess Di. Not that I like using it, but Diana um, from England. Okay. When she died. Did you hear about all of this? Um. Uh, like I mean, the, I know about her and all the, you know, the date and the, uh, the pillars and the Columbia and so I, what was I doing? Was I cut all the arm? esoteric things that were involved yeah. with princess Diane? Yes. So I, yeah, I was cut my yard. This was a few days before that. Um, because we've had some rains and the grass is coming in and it's great because I get to at least see where my fucking tracks are as I'm trying to cut my yard. Um, I cut the backyard, trimmed it up or I didn't trim it at it, whatever. And I was, I always listened to like, try to listen to podcasts. Well, I listened to, um, David Ike's five hour, six hour long, um, show that he had done in England. This is like fucking 10, almost maybe no, maybe 15 years ago. Now I'm listening to it. And he brings up Princess Di dying and how uh, Princess Diana, um, how she was picked to be the next princess or whatever. And there's, uh, as, like you said, esoteric um, symbolism to the fact that she died on where she died on that date, um, that she was assassinated uh, and this, that and the other. Well. Um, Anne Hesh, I guess, died on a road that was closer. She was on a road of Diana or something to do with Diana. And um, it was on the same date, 25 years later. So essentially saying that it was a it was a sacrifice. So there was a bit of a conspiracy uh, theory, I'll say, to this. Um, have you seen the video of her coming off of the stretcher? Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, it took me a minute. I'd heard some other people that were really reliable talking about it. So I went and found it and was like, oh yeah. And then somebody else that I like was like, duh, dude, that's, you know, deep fake. Well, this is, uh, people watched it. I know people who say they saw it live. Yeah, well, I, I saw the guy that that videotaped her crashing the first time. So, as we said, her boyfriend said that when he left her or whatever, when he talked to her, she was totally fine. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong prior in the days prior. She got in her car at some point, and she was driving, and she was driving erratically and speeding. And she had crashed into, what, another car or something. Um, and then people, this is the first video that I saw of people actually seeing it and coming out and videotaping it and saying, Hey, Hey, you know what it was going on. And she got back in the car. She was in her car and she took off and then she was speeding and ran into a house and the car caught on fire and the fire department had to come out and they grab her. And she was, uh, 
she was stable, I think, or something to that, or she was knocked out, something. But they put her on the stretcher, and this is the video that I was just asking you about. As they're about to put her into the rescue, which is the ambulance, the firefighter ambulance, firefighters ambulance, she fucking, like, she was covered. Like, it looked like she was dead on the stretcher. She comes out of that like a fucking zombie. Like, she is, am I explaining it the same way you saw it? Yeah, it looked like she unzipped it or unvelcroed it. It didn't look Did like a it? black body bag that I would, you know, I yeah. heard some friends of mine that were EMT said that they would have put her in a black bag. That would have been because she was burned. Yeah, that's a true. different kind that's of. Uh, and as I had worked as an as a EMT, now those were firefighters that were doing that. Um, that wasn't yeah. really EMT. It looked like she was probably covered with a, a sheet. Um, that's the job I used to do. And uh, we never, we never really cover. I mean, I guess maybe because she's a, a celebrity. That's the only other reason I could think that they would cover. But for her to fucking spring up like that, like she comes and she looks like she just got out of fire, and she looks like she didn't have a top on. She looked topless, but her her back was all like not singed, but it had like black soot marks on it and shit. She looked dirty, and she fucking flung up like a zombie. And was like trying to get out, and then that's when the video cuts out. Well, I saw him. The video I saw was overhead, yeah, and it just looked like they were casually just shoved her ass right up in there. And I'm like, okay, uh, and I haven't got to pin down. I'm glad you're here, but what would you do? What would be protocol? Go ahead and shove them on up in there. Firemen just don't have that no. bedside no. manner. Yeah. Well. It depends. If she, it, it's something called anal times three, alert and oriented times three, and the three, well, now it's four, which is so fucking stupid. I always thought it was stupid when they, the, the whoever the fucking powers to be, um, said that we needed to go with four. Anal times three means person, place, and thing, or person, time, and place. Sorry. So where are you? Um, person. Oh, person would be like, who's the president? You know, even though now you'd be like, oh, I don't fucking know who that guy is. Um, but no, it would be who the president is, what time, like what date, what year, you know, that's good enough. And then what place. And if they can answer all three of those, they're A&O times three, which means that they're alert and oriented. And if they don't want to go to the hospital, they don't have to go to the hospital. Now, given she looked pretty fucking erratic when she came out of, off that stretcher. Now, she didn't come off, but like her back came up as she she um, sat up. I don't know if I would have just thrown her in the fucking ambulance. I would have been like, holy shit. I would have shit myself, first off. Second, I would have been like, what the fuck do we do here? You know, like this person is obviously losing their shit. Now, if they're a psych patient, there's, and not A&O times three, but just losing their shit. Okay, now you're going to try and maybe hold them down if you can, I guess. But you're going to look to somebody higher than you, like a call into a uh, medical control or something to that effect to be like, Hey, this person is losing their shit. We can't get a good a o on them. You know, what do we do? So, um, but how they handled it was just like, they're trying to sneak her away. And the story was that she wasn't stable at some point or another. And I think it was at the, the, um, at the crash site. Because she ended up dying, for anybody that's wondering, as we're kind of getting there. She, she ends up dead. And the boyfriend even said that when she got to the hospital, she was still stable. She was in stable condition. Um, but she ends up dying 
on the same day that Princess Diana died 25 years earlier. So, you know, um, now you got the, the theorists that are coming out to say that this was a, um, a, a, an execution or an assassination. Why are they saying this? Well, Anne Hesch, Paul Walker, and Anthony Bourdain, and I might add Chris Cornell. Oh, fuck. Who is the lead singer? Lead singer of Lincoln Park. It's not the lead singer. It's actually the... No, it, it is lead singer. Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington um, and Chris Cornell were like best friends. Um, and they actually were working on a documentary about child sex trafficking. And Heche just started a movie or just acted in a movie um, or a documentary or a movie or something to that effect that th this is the rumor that um, had to do with child sex trafficking rings. Um, same with Anthony Bourdain. I think he was doing a documentary on him. And then uh, as the story goes, that Paul Walker was too. Well, Paul Walker died in the car crash. Um, uh, fucking what's her name? Anthony. Well, Anthony, yeah, he he died younger than he should have. Chester well, Bennington, didn't he die of a car crash? Was he the one where the engine went like sixty-five feet away? Oh, yeah, back with was that him? Anthony Bourdain die. Let's see. Come on, brave. Anthony Bourdain's tragic death. Blah, blah, blah. Died and he left a gaping hole in the culinary world from exposing the seedy underbelly of the restaurant industry to dining. Oh. Did it say suicide? Hmm. Yeah, his death was ruled suicide by hanging. Okay. Well, who was I thinking of? All right. Maybe Paul Walker. He died of a, he was going pretty quick, pretty, pretty quick, pretty fast. Um, when he died. Uh, and I think there's rumors about that too, that he was still alive at the scene. And, um, but that they marked that he died at the scene or died on impact or some crazy shit. So, um, you know, I mean, rumors, rumors spread and uh, stories grow too. So, you know, you got to factor that in, but the fact that, all five of these people were working on in one shape or form or fashion. Um, the child sex trafficking ring the rings that are, have been going on not only in major uh, cities within the United States of America, but also across the border and also within Hollywood. Um, maybe even having to do something with the, uh, those who have infiltrated the Catholic church, you know, the evil ones that have done that. Um, but anyway, so in, in within our own politics, and obviously you have Jeffrey Epstein, you have the Clintons and other quote-unquote important and elite people who are part of this. We still don't know any of the names from the black books of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell or um, Jeffrey Epstein. So they want to keep these things quiet. You know, those two got punished. Who else? We haven't heard. Um, Elon Musk keeps calling for it too. And Elon Musk had taken plenty of pictures with, uh, or not plenty, but a few pictures with Gisley, or Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, Trump took pictures with uh, Epstein, but I've also talked about how he went against Epstein and, and 
uh, talked with uh, the FBI about him and kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and all that other stuff. So oh, and he's talked trash about him. He's talked some pretty bad trash about him too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, well, so if there was any any actual evidence or connection between Trump and Epstein, you would have heard it by now. Yeah, he kicked certain. him out of one of his places, right? I think it was Mar-a-Lago because he was uh, making advances towards the daughter of one of Trump's friends. And when Trump found out about it, he said, no, 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 we're, we're nixing this and kicked him out so he can never come back. So that's a that's a big win for Trump um, that he was able uh, to see this guy for what he was back in the day um, or at least assume, you know. And uh, and and take action to, to keep. Yeah, at least uh, he was all in on his buddy's side anyway. Yeah, well, not just on his buddy, but on a, a, a young girl, you know, for all the shit that he's a sexist and he doesn't like women or he's against women or whatever, you know, the left comes up with. Hey, jackass, is, he saved a girl from ever having to deal with that type of shit again from one of uh, the most prolific and infamous uh, child sex traffickers, you know, so. Just saying, you know, you fuckers, your mainstream media prevented uh, you from hearing about this. Alex Jones was talking about it. And Trump, by the way, did something about it um, in a couple of ways. Not only did he do that, like I said, he uh, talked he uh, talked with the FBI and uh, gave him everything that he had on uh, on Epstein. So, you know, that's a that's a pretty fucking big win. But anyway, all five of these people um, died mysteriously. Um, and before their time, before old age, died prior to their time. Um, Chester Bennington. Well, this was the crazy thing. Um, you know what? I wonder if it's the same thing with Anthony Bourdain. Chris Cornell, I think, died first. I could be off on that. Maybe it was Chester Bennington, but no matter. Chris Cornell died by hanging. Um, some claim, I guess there's some rumors, that claim that he died the same way that, um, ah, shit, what's the funny guy? He was in Goodwill Hunting. Um, not Martin Short. Damn it. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. You know the story of how he died, right? It was, uh, he hung himself, but wasn't it, didn't it have something to do with, um, jerking off while, hanging or by choking yourself and that's how he died maybe it was, I was the movie was, i know that was uh one of the carradines david carradine oh yeah that was david carradine yeah so maybe he just hung himself on himself so he hung himself i want to say yeah maybe it was hanging too but no matter i do know that chris cornell who's best they say that he was best friends with uh um uh bennington um they both died the same way and I know that that was a major thing. Um, they both died the same exact way. Like, what was it? Three months apart or something to that effect. Uh, and they were both, they both had a, a company that helped kids um, who were victims of a, of uh, child sex traffic rings. And they, I think they were working on a documentary about it. And they both um, probably found out too much and ended up, getting uh nixed and then claiming it was suicide you know because that does happen what was the uh the person that got the two gunshots in their heads uh, was it webster um in dealing with clinton uh hillary clinton foster foster uh, it was. Vince. vince foster yep he uh 
suicided himself. At least that's what the was it the park police that did it? Because I know they moved his body, and I think it was the park police that moved him out of D.C. to another jurisdiction, and he had two bullet holes in his head, and they called it a suicide. You notice how it's always the coroner that gets to make the call, no matter what? Hey. No matter how ridiculous it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, man, they don't make a lot of Like a guy that had his head chopped off, one of the Clinton... Corners. Yeah, that was good. Wasn't that the chef? Yeah, one of them got their head chopped off and he called it a suicide. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a like bunch said, of others. And he got a promotion. Make, yeah, they don't make a ton of money. So, you know, I mean, they make, I don't know, 200 grand a year, 150 grand a year, something like that. All right. I mean, that's money. To me, that's a lot of money. But, you know, maybe to them, they're like, hey, I get, I get a million or two to, uh, just write something else other than um, viciously assassinated. <laughs> you know, coincidentally, they, they seem like they get offended. And uh... yeah, well, you know, that was that was another thing that has to do with Sandy Hook, is that the coroner was, and I have to assume coroners are bizarre anyway, but this fucking guy <laughs> was weird. This guy was beyond odd and um and then also the one dad that was joking and cutting jokes and smiling and then went into method acting as soon as it was his time to and you can find that fit shoot rumble you can find that dad i I can't remember what his name is right now but um you know you can find that video um you can find the video of you know all the other stuff that i talk about but that corner the corner was odd very odd and i know a lot of uh people brought that up too that he was uh and i think he was saying things wrong too you know um so but yeah i, I get what you're saying yeah these corners are getting they're they're getting paid man they're getting paid yeah you. that was when i think at crisis acting crisis actor kind of came out in my ears at that point yeah with alex jones and them you know pointing out here here and here yeah, well, um, you know, they, they've used them. The the girl who got up and cried in front of, uh, what was it, in front of Congress about the babies and the, uh, the incubators getting knocked over, you know, that never happened. Oh, she was a crisis actor, you know. Um, a lot of uh, mass shootings and other things that have taken place. Uh, I think even 9-11 had some, a couple of crisis actors there, too that uh they had to uh or at least is alleged that they had to um give interviews and then you had like the new york firefighters not that they were crisis actors who were talking about the uh the explosions going off before the building ever fell um and it sounded like explosions were going boom 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 you know before the building all of a sudden collapsed like a controlled demolition which is exactly what it was i'm not going to say it just looked like it that's what it was the physics of it falling down like a pancake that bullshit fucking excuse buildings don't fall that way especially that building it was built to withstand um uh uh i don't know if it was a boeing 747 or whatever the fuck it was but it was built to withstand a plane hitting it both of them were um had it had it got hit like it did it would have fallen the top part would have fallen off wouldn't have pancaked down that's such a load of shit physics 
the physics of it are impossible for it to have fallen the way that it did. So I remember Joe Rogan used to talk of that, talk about stuff like that back when I liked him. Now yeah, you think it would have been one way or the other, even yeah. just a little bit, you know? Yeah, I agree. Cause I can, I can go all in with, okay. So the top 34s fell down and it pancaked okay but you'd think somewhere around there because i've seen still that just don't do that you know there's always yeah. a bending of and there's like some major sound when that happens for sure and, and it wasn't just a little it's not like they were only held up by like 10 beams it was 30 some odd super thick i think it was what one inch thick steel beams it's got really it happened no, not the way that it did, for sure. And jet fuel does not burn like that. Jet fuel burns quick and fast, and it burns out, burns out extremely fast, faster than um, gasoline does. Uh, it it, it might have gotten to pretty hot temperatures, but it wouldn't have gotten it. And, and even if it did get to the temperatures that it would have melted the metal, like melted it to weaken it, that metal would have gave way to not pancake, it would have gave way to fall over on one side or the other. It wouldn't have pancaked, you know. Yeah, because it's not like that airplane came in and tore up those steel beams. That yeah. didn't happen. Maybe the first couple might have been a little bit, but yeah. those airplanes aren't designed to fly through a building. It's a hollow tube. Like people act as if it's like this fucking solid razor that cuts. Yeah, it's pretty much paper thin. Yeah, it's a solid. It's a it's a hollow tube, and it wouldn't have. I'm not saying that like it wouldn't have made its way through the open space of the building itself and and passed out the other side like it did, but to act like it would have just cut through all those beams, you know, uh, one or two beams. I'll give you that. You know, you've got you've got hard metal for sure on an airplane that's going at a very high rate of speed. Um, yeah, it might have made it through one or two, but mm -hmm, 30 mm -hmm. some odd beams. No, that's that's not how it like, works. no, and then you know, to have them all just all of a sudden melt exactly the same At the time, exact same time. Yeah, what a load of shit. <clears throat> I mean, people can make arguments of like, okay, well, it didn't, it didn't melt the beams. Well, there wasn't any beams that were still sticking out, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet high. Um, it was they can make the argument that the the clamps that held the concrete to the beam for anybody that's ever done industrial construction um the the concrete guys and this in the the steel workers are working on it first and you get to see the the internal structure of everything um so you know that when they put up these concrete floors there's there's not just the steel beams but there's also you know all the the um rebar rebar yep all the rebar and, and all screen. the clamps and, yep and the screen and the concrete and all that other stuff so yeah it was heavy i'm not saying it wasn't heavy but those beams would have caused for them to stand erect it would have caused for the building to fall on one, over one side or the other it wouldn't have pancaked it would have never pancaked that is a load yeah. of absolute shit you could have put all the floor the, up there. They could have put cars on it, the whole thing. Yeah. They act like it, you know, all of a sudden it just like shucked all the beams or some shit. And it's like, even if that were the case, those beams would have been standing still. 
and it just never did. It's it's ugh. so so fucking disingenuous, and there's so many people that fell to that dumbass idea. Um, fuck, how did we even get there? <laughs> we went all the way from Sam Harris to that stuff. Oh, and Hesh. How, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I got a couple more Sam Harris things. Oh, let's hear that he said during that interview. Such as Liz Cheney's a hero. <laughs> and whenever yeah. Trump calls someone out, it's a human sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, there, I remember, I did hear those parts. His, the people who like Trump's are tens of millions of morons. Yep. Yeah. He's got some serious disdain for anybody that's a Trump supporter. Which would be me, you know? It's like, well, fuck you. We already, you already didn't like me because I was Christian, let alone, you know, I'm a Trump supporter. Um, shit, what was the first one that you said just now? Liz Cheney being a hero? So they did this because he talked about, um, he said, well, it's not like back when they didn't like Mitt Romney. No, he said uh, George Bush or Mitt Romney, and it's like, these fucking guys forget how bad they were towards George Bush. They they said back then that George Bush was Hitler. I remember this. I remember how my my mother absolutely hated George Bush. He was oh, yeah. evil because we were at a war and they were supposed to be anti-war, which is such a fucking fraud. The left absolutely hated and they that's when they that's when um uh, Paul Joseph, or, uh, not Paul Joseph, um, Joseph, oh shit, the guy that made uh, the Zeitgeist movie. That's when he made it, and he made it because of that. And he had the first part, the second part, and the third part, and they were all connected. And the second part was all about the Bush administration and how Bush was a, a claimed to be a Christian, yet he went to war and killed all these Muslims and yada yada yada. You know, he wasn't the only one. You had um, uh, Michael Moore. He made a documentary. Uh, that's when um, Bill Maher made Religious was during the um, Bush administration. They fucked. They hated him and hated Christianity because Bush claimed to be this Christian, even though he's a coked out, you know, uh, fucking Illuminati Bush Jr. Um, guy. And um, so that's just not the case. Like when when Sam Cedar uh, Sam. Harris said that I was just like you're fucking kidding me right now that's what's so bizarre about them all of a sudden now they like Bush because he's not Trump and Trump is the worst thing ever you guys hated Bush back then you treated him the same way you treated Trump maybe not as bad but you fucking they hate the Democrats absolutely call them racist if you remember when um, uh, what's the black rapper Kanye West Kanye West during the hurricanes with Mike Myers on TV, came out, took everybody surprise, everybody by surprise, and said George Bush hates black people. Remember that when when racism was like so close to being over with, but the Democrats have to keep it on life life support. Right. Well, um, I happen to say that because I remember just before the flood, before Katrina hit, and I was doing yeah. radio, and you know. I made a big deal out of warning New Orleans that they need to pack up and go because these people that you think are looking out for you do not like black people. They're not going to help you. 
you know, <laughs> when then when I got finished with my big spill, I played Led Zeppelin when the levee breaks. Oh, <laughs> you know what's so funny is that every time I hear that song, it makes me think of Hurricane Katrina. Like I don't know why, but it's it must be because of that. Oh, it's it is. I'm telling you, it was just. Dude. But yeah, I oh. knew. Man, you are so screwed. You gotta like. This is like a week before. You know, I'm like, you all know this is coming. You're like, okay, I'm staying. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, staying. Man, like, there ain't nothing healthy dude. about what you're getting ready to do. That's when FEMA really came into play, and then people started to pick up on on all the other extracurricular activities that FEMA was up to. Oh yeah, the um, Superdome. Yeah, they um, um they were uh, FEMA is not a the FEMA trailers that were yep. full of malahide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all sorts of shit, and then on top of that, all the different buildings in all the different FEMA regions that they were creating, like we were talking about um, the other day about the uh, graves, the mass graves, and the um, mass caskets plastic caskets that that they um, had at these places. Um, I have to believe it's because of people like David Icke and Bill Cooper and and Mark Dice and Alex Jones and InfoWars, um, Paul Joseph Watson, I got to include all of them. Them calling it all out is, uh, I have to believe, I don't don't, guess I don't have to believe, but I do believe that uh, them calling it out is is maybe what what prevented uh, the uh obama administration from going forward with that and maybe it would have even been that way with uh, uh a clinton administration coming back into power they might have went forward with those uh different fema plans that they had had because they they were not looking good <clears throat> well they've been planning on something they got a oh, lot of body yeah. bags <clears throat> a lot of them a lot of place to to put people um and if you don't believe us uh go look at what australia was doing with making all of the uh the encampments that they had for the people with covid these are healthy people with covid they were making basically i mean they were hotel they they were like look like hotel rooms small well they look like jail cells actually um they were making these places for these covid infected people to stay um against their will oh man Uh, i have to assume that it's probably all um, alleviated a little bit there but australia was was and maybe still is pretty fucking bad i haven't heard a story any stories from australia in a while so maybe they um they they uh loosed or or uh, eased the uh, restrictions out there but man it was fucking terrible out there for a while Oh, it hurt me. It hurt my feelings yeah. to see Australians being like that. You know, Such Paul Hogan sold me on on it. You know, he made me think they're all yeah. badass, crazy people. I know, with big knives. <laughs> you know, between, you know, they were either a cross between Steve Irwin and Paul Hogan. Yeah, Paul Hogan is Crocodile great. Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. If you haven't watched that movie, I need to show my son that movie. Crocodile Dundee. He was like, he was like the, uh, I wonder if they made Tarzan off of that movie. Like the Tarzan movie off like with, uh, oh, what's his name back when he was in shape? Shit, I can't remember his name either. Brendan um, Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Dude, he was in phenomenal shape. 
if you see him now, that dude's been through some shit, man. He, if you read his story, holy hell, Brendan Fraser has been through some serious shit. Um, and he's bigger now too. I get it. I got, I blew up like a balloon too, so I can't say too much, but, um, he's got like back issues. I totally relate to him, but, uh, yeah. Uh, crocodile Dundee, man. So funny. Comes to U S <laughs> that's not a knife. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <clears throat> so, but, uh, I like that we spent so much time on conspiracy stuff tonight, man. That was fun. Um, man, we're almost at two hours again. I gotta go to bed. I gotta try and watch, uh, some more of this movie and then, um, crash, but, uh, maybe we can do an episode before, uh, before my next scheduled one on Tuesday. Cool. What about Mr. DB Cooper? Yeah, I got to get him on. I was talking to him earlier. Um, I kept thinking to, to invite him and I forgot. So, uh, maybe I'll get him on too. If, uh, if he's willing to do it, I know that his uh, his job he's got, he's got to, dude, he's got to go to bed. Let's see. I think, you know what? We might be able to do this tomorrow night um, because I think he's off on Sunday. But he, normally he's got to go to bed. He lives um, in Mountain. No. Yeah, Mountain Time. So that's two hours before ours. And he's got to go to bed at eight o'clock his time to wake up early. Uh, for his job, so there's going to be a lot of times that he's not going to be able to make it. But um, yeah, he's I'll... two hours behind us, right? Yeah, because we're Eastern. He's Mountain. So if it's eight, it's six there, right? So it well, if it's eight there, then it's ten here. Yeah, and uh, so I'll see if uh, if he can do it tomorrow night, and uh, we didn't let you know, and maybe we can uh, all get together and do some more of this because that was fun. It's always fun, man. It's always a good time. With Bentley Meadows. Um, would you like to plug yourself, good sir? Yeah, you can uh, find me nuclear knucklehead at uh, uh, nuclear knucklehead at yahoo.com on the French radio network. And then uh, on August 29th, we're having a big, uh, what is it, the uh, 13th year? Of the Fringe Radio Network. So we're really? going to do a big live powwow on the uh, Spreaker app. Nice. Nice. We're going to have all kinds of uh, people. Maybe I'll try and do a, uh, a clean set tomorrow <laughs> so you can put us on there. <laughs> well, I don't think we went too horrible tonight. I don't think I. No, I, I know. I feel some shit. I usually do. This is a NS, not safe for work, NSFW show. That, do you like how that, that brownie is definitely kicking it, dude? I can feel it. There's a couple times you're talking. I'm like, man, just standpoint. Don't lose where you're at right here. <laughs> Get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, okay. So everybody tune into that for sure. Um, and you'll hear our man Bentley Meadows on there doing his thing. Um, anything else, buddy? Uh, pray for these uh, people to have their hearts opened up from God, make them see the light, 
we have a big old giant revival and we don't have to be angry at them anymore, maybe. I don't know. Amen. Uh, Indi- Indian wrestling, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. I like it. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of me at metv1105 at gmail.com. Look me up on any social networking platforms. Just look up my name, John O'Marchado, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. And go to my website, theweaponbook.com. That is theweaponbook.com. Get the first episode. I'm so close to having the voice or the uh, audio book chapter one done. And these books are basically, I'm sorry, these chapters are basically little books, mini books um, to a much larger story. And uh, man, is it getting good. I'm so close to having chapter 11 and 12 out. And then I'll be about halfway through um, with what with the first full book so go to the weaponbook.com get the first chapter free see what i'm talking about it's it's far better than anything i've ever done on video or podcast it's it's uh, outside of being a father it's my life's work so check it out it's good um all right buddy uh maybe we'll do this tomorrow night hopefully and uh get another one uh in the books sound good sounds great well until next time Be accountable. Be responsible. Don't be a bitch-ass liberal. See you later, buddy. Peace.